the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Hello and welcome to the Gavin Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'm delighted to be your host this, e- this evening. Um, as you'll notice, we've got a brand new logo, a nice wee intro video, but it's still the same old Muppet hosting these um, proceedings. Here to join me, um, a stellar lineup to get us through the, the international break. I actually thought it was going to be quite a, quite a, a long drawn out pod uh, the night when we planned it, but... John Bennett, Stuart Robertson have seen that we've got plenty to talk about. Uh, first of all, joining us for the Deep South, Mason Stewart, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, well, good, thanks, Colin. Um, yeah, good to be back on. Um, as you said, I, I thought sort of, you know, scheduling these pods, we wouldn't have a lot to, to talk about um, during the international break and we was all sort of looking forward to it. But uh, as always, um, that was that was very amateur because there's always stuff to talk about when, when Rangers are involved. Absolutely. Um, it's never a dull moment at your club, for sure, for better or for worse. Also joining us, Chris, how are you, mate? I'm very good, thank you, Colin. Um, for once, I'm actually enjoying the international break. And normally I hate them when they come around, but it's nice to have the wee breakaway for Rangers for a wee bit. And I think it's came at the right time, and with players coming back after the break, it will suit us nicely. And my weekend's not been ruined yet by Rangers, so so far so good. I know we've got another weekend um, to to be Rangers free as well this weekend. It's brilliant. Um, what a good mood we're going to be in by the time we come play Hearts, eh? Definitely, mate. And last but not least, um, the Gallant Fuse, Maverick, David Hawk. How are you, mate? Smashing, Colin. I'm absolutely delighted just to have survived the rebranding. So I'm just uh, ecstatic that I managed to get, get through it. So I survived the cull. No, we're uh, lots of uh, matters, Rangers, you know. I'm, I'm sure I'll have an opinion. Most of it's a load of shite, right enough, but all the viewers will testify. But hey ho, it's uh, heartfelt, I can assure you. Uh, it comes to the heart. It may, it may, your, your head might not go anywhere near it, but it certainly comes to the heart. So I've always <laughs> been a heart over head kind of guy. Um, and obviously hello to all the, the listeners and viewers joining us live. Always appreciated and get your comments and questions into the into the comment section. Uh, the first one, hi, David Edgar Jr. Um, don't know if anyone's seen on Twitter, um, but 
posted the um, a pre-match video for covering the women's game on on Tuesday night, and I don't know why like, my know anything I tweet, nothing ever gets any attention, and then all these flyers. I looked as if I was drawn viral, all these notifications. Apparently, I looked like David Edgar of heart and hand. Um, so maybe some questionable stories of the 90s, if he was ever about rather one. If that's the case, I want my subscription. Um, <laughs> I want a discount on what I pay to his Patreon. But just to the topic of the women's game, I was lucky enough to be to be supporting Fall Fall, covering the Rangers playing Benfica in the first ever Women's Champions League game at Ibrox, um, historic night for the club. Um, Rangers ended up going down 3-2. Uh, no quite the result that we wanted, but I thought Rangers gave, them a, gave themselves a very good account um, at that stage up against a really decent side. Um, Mason, I know you've you've seen the goals at least. Um, Kayla McCoy up front, Jamaican internationalist, um, Really good start to the season. She's scored six. That was our fifth and sixth goal in the season already. Um, what did you make it, huh? Can she play for for the men's team? She's uh, two really really good finishes, um, by the way. And uh, yeah, did, didn't see the game live, but um, obviously kept you know watched the highlights and, and was looking at the, the result on on, uh, on Twitter. But a really good experience for him to be honest. I think there was three and a half thousand there, um, so. You know, decent crowd um, for them. You know, to go and play play at that level, and yeah, disappointed. We you know we didn't win, get a good result. Um, you know, not out of the tie yet, but uh, but yeah, I, I, the third goal, the, the goalkeepers had a mare really for the first and third goal, especially the third goal. She um, she really made a mess of it, but yeah, got it all to do. But yeah, the uh, McCoy is it McCoy? Kelly McCoy? She yeah, she, she she looks like a, a really good signing, and considering that, that that they lost so many players in the summer as well, I was a bit surprised to see quite a few players leave. But it looks like they've they've recruited uh, well again, maybe recruited better than than the men's team. I guess just on how they're doing, um, there's a lot to there's a lot to envy um, for the women's team right now. They won the league last year. Up against it again, the chapters were granted, but they've won five out of five so far in the league. They've scored 42 goals already this season. Um, I think, I know none is on the podcast watch a women's team week in, week out, but I think you can see over the last few years they have just went from strength to strength. And one thing that we need to, need to praise that side of the football operation for is how much they've developed the women's team. And it's absolutely unrecognisable for a few years ago. Absolutely. Um, I'd seen, obviously, a couple of years ago, the board had mentioned they were going to spend a bit of money on the women's team, and I can see it's actually starting to show off. Um, I, I don't I don't watch them week in, week out, but I always look out for the score, do you know what I mean? But I think it's just basically, unless they're playing Glasgow City or Celtic, then it's just always a hammer in every game, and I've seen they were... They're just down the road as well. From an old one of the games, I think they won ten nothing. <laughs> but it's to be admired, and it's always good. You know what it is, even if it's tiddlywinks or kids playing in the park. You always want to see an Rangers team do well. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I can hear your dog in the background. Absolutely agreeing with every point that you you made. Um, so, Davy, no, you're all good, Davy. Um, Mason mentioned three and a half thousand fans at Ibrox and. Um, it was weird. I actually thought that they would have maybe have 
I don't know, try and entice a lot more kids to go in with maybe like three tickets. I think it was maybe about £7 a ticket, but a decent enough crowd. Um, really good to see the Union Bells take up that BF3 spot behind the Brimwon uh, front. Sorry. And they they made it sound as if there was 20,000 there. They absolutely backed the team from start to finish. It was brilliant. And what an occasion for, for the women as well um, to... Have that night at Ibrox. It wasn't, it wasn't the result we wanted, but still in the tie. Good to see us getting a turnout. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's good to see them at Ibrox because I, I don't watch the women's game too often, but or very at all, to be honest. But the I know they don't play Ibrox, but they, they obviously with the Champions League, they would have done it there. I thought, you know, the, the kind of kids in free would have been a, a good incentive to get the the crowd up a bit, you know, and charging certain adults, sure, but uh, get the kids along because that's when uh, you they start forming habits. Uh, Rangers should be uh, sowing the seeds, you know, for future generations because I know that they've uh, put a lot into the the women's team, you know, and, and they've come on leaps and bounds in terms of uh, the, the kind of professionalism because I know I know they are now professionals and they're training up at Auchinhoe and you know, so yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I will get to a women's game eventually because a couple of the boys I know have gone to some of the games, you know. So there's no excuse for me really. Just uh, being a wee bit lazy. But on the on the question, Chris mentioned, you know, anything that's branded Rangers. I remember, I think it was Lex McLean who told the story of you know when he went to the Kelvin Hall at Christmas. I mean, and, and you'll know that if if the Kelvin Hall at Christmas is where the carnival was before the SECC. So there was a circus and there was the carnival. So in the circus at the end of it. There was a, a Rangers dogs versus a Celtic dogs game of football, you know, and and it was balloons that they chased about. <laughs> anyway, he said he told the story that uh, he watched the Celtic dogs versus the Rangers dogs. The Celtic dogs won five four, and he never went back. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like the kind of nonsense I would gamble on, like and uh. Wednesday morning at 1am in the summer um, when you're just talking about a cricket morning and there's no football, you know, yeah. Rangers dogs minus one and the Ecuadorian league both teams to score. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, <laughs> but David... Yeah, so, I mean, it's the women's team, you know, if, uh, I, I know that they, I get the social media the content coming through from the... I don't pay too much attention to it, to be honest, but that's something I'll have to change. But they, I know that it's, it's a whole load more. You know, these girls are proper football players, which is a, which is great to see. Great to see. Just on that, um, Nicola Dockery, she was captain for the night, uh, playing at left back, and she done a press conference afterwards, and she was asked about playing at Ibrox, and she says it was particularly like, really inspiring to see so many young kids, and like almost like, you can tell there's a sense of. Wow, like I really, I really achieved something. Young kids coming out to watch me, young girls, and she was talking about how she could potentially be the role model that she she was looking for when she was younger. Um, and that, that was really heartwarming. And it's never something that we we think about. Like we've all had our role models and all all the folk um, that we've aspired to be. I mean, I, I still want to grow up and be Barry Ferguson. Um, uh, I don't think that's ever going to change, but you never really think of a young girl never having their role model, so it's good to see that that's in place now. Yeah, that is an important point. <clears throat> um, so, obviously, we, that wasn't the only 
Battle Rangers news um, happening this week. Mason, um, John Bennett released a, a two-part interview. Well, I say he released, Rangers released a, an interview, a two-part with John Bennett. Um, this really has divided opinion. Um, and what's quite interesting is, I don't think you necessarily need to look at the full interview um, to to really take an opinion of it. I think some of the sound bites and snippets do form um do form quite a picture of what it was. I'll be honest, Mason, um I'm a big fan of John Bennett. I've got mixed feelings about the interview and the content. What was your overall feeling? Yeah, I'm the same. I really like John Bennett as well and and listening to him previously, I think you can tell he's he's definitely, you know, one of us and um, he's there for the for the for the right reasons. I think that's really important. But yeah, I didn't really the the interview. I'm the same. I took some bits out of it that you know was 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 good. But I think the majority of it I took out was with actually more questions. Um, you know, before uh, I think I think the first time we've heard from the ball in, in such someone from the ball for for such a long time, and I thought it was pretty poor to put it on the first part on Rangers TV behind the paywall. I thought that was. That was especially with the amount of questions that that have you know and, and sort of noise that's been going around the football club in the, in the last few weeks doesn't help when results are going the other way of course but I think that that was the time to sort of put it out there and uh, that that was the first part that I, that I didn't like but yeah I mean I th- there was there was a, another thing that I mean I've got it sort of all, all written down here but the the biggest one for me that that, that I'll, I'll just go with that for the minute is the the, the point he made about the the Super League um, you know about the clubs the fans' reaction to, to the Super League and uh, without mentioning, what you know, the Sydney friendly. Um, I thought that was a real sort of shot in the foot. Um, uh, you know, that, 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 that stood out and I thought, well, you, you're going to mention the Super League and, and the changes that, you know, that was could have happened down here, but not to mention uh, the Sydney friendly. I thought, well, you just, you know, to, to sort of suits there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll probably pick through it. But, but yeah, I agree with you, I think. Yeah, there was a lot of it that, that I didn't like. Chris, I'll, I'll come to you. Um, so in terms of in terms of the mixed feelings I've got, um, kind of start with the the idea of the interview uh, itself. I think we've all been crying out for more communication from the board, and I think it is good that some sort of communication has came out. Um, I think you need to be realistic and realise you're not always going to like what you hear, but we've asked for honesty, and if they're going to come out and be honest, um, then I'd want to hear that. On the other hand, it was a bit frustrating that it was released behind a paywall until they got a bit of backlash, and again, I think this is just, this in isolation is very much David Murray um, trying to come out and appease the fans after a bad spell. Mm-hmm. I'm it doesn't. This interview doesn't mean nothing unless they follow up with regular communication. Absolutely, it, you know what I mean. As Mason said, we've all been crying for it, and it's just typical Rangers where you cry for something like this, and you end up with more questions than you started with. Do you know what I mean? The, from the start, when they started speaking, and I, I'm a fan of them, it was just very on the defensive, and I kind of knew where it was going. Um, I end up thinking into myself. Do you know what I mean? Is there something they're holding back? Is there bigger news coming out? Then you're waiting for it, waiting for it. Then it just kind of as if it's just been pied to the side. Do you know what I mean? 
Aye, I did have that feeling. Yeah, you're right. It was very. There was a few. <laughs> Again, I don't want to contradict myself because he was being honest. Well, you know, we asked him to be honest, but there was a few comments he made. Oh, I've heard of this criticism, and I've no. I don't understand where it's came from. Like I've seen people write off the signings and stuff. It did feel quite dismissive at times. Eh? Definitely, mate. He was definitely on the defensive. A whole lot of it goes to as well. Is there needs to be more fan engagement. I think. Do you know what I mean? And not just picking picking people they know that's going to say what they want. I mean, like talking to actually true fans and stuff like that, and having a bit more engagement. Like I know, I know. Obviously, you have your. AGMs and stuff like that, but proper Q and A's where we can get stuck right into it. Do you know what I mean? I'm not just asking for your average fan either. <laughs> Somebody trust me, <laughs> but mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely got a kind of dis- just a defensive vibe where I was like, then I'm waiting for it, I'm waiting for it for something to come, and it was just kind of like, is that it? Do you know what I mean? In true Rangers uh, style, I know. David, before we actually pick apart the points, say the interview. Well, like, where is the fine balance that Rangers need to hit? Because obviously it's as a business and it's a board and they can't update the fans with every single decision that they make and they can't get a spreadsheet out, make it, send out their versions of Microsoft Excel and going through every ins and outs of what's happening. But at the same time, there's no been enough there's not been anywhere near enough communication. Where where is the balance? How much do we need to know, and how much are we just greeting face like if we are? Well, you've got to acknowledge. I, I certainly feel that the board have got a tough gig, but in saying that, they don't have to be you know on the defensive. We are all in this together. I sometimes think you know there's a lack of transparency. I mean, we should never mistake this for democracy. This is not democracy. You know, I'm a Rangers fan, therefore I have a vote. You don't. They, they're in charge. But they should acknowledge that we're in it together. You know, we, we, I mean, I do and, and, and we all do. We provide Rangers with its biggest source of income. So with that, there should be some accountability from the boards. I think they see that as interference and you know, unconstructive criticism. You know, you can tell by that they, they, they are Rangers fans. There's no no doubt about that. But I just think we need to find some way of, of them the communicating and, 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 and sounding out that there has to be some a two-way process, that it can't be top down all the time. I mean, the, the one that really set the alarm bells off in my head was that Sydney friendly thing, because that would have gone and been discussed at board level and yet the Rangers board somehow thought, yeah, they were so out of touch that they thought, yeah, the, the Rangers fans will go for this. How And, and how on earth did that happen? That That's the, the danger sign for me. So they're, they're too removed from the, the, the base Rangers support. There needs to be uh, some sort of communication there where they can take soundings, you know, read the room, get the moods, whatever they, they you want to call it. But they, they should be more in touch, more transparent. Obviously, they can't tell us everything. There are, you know, it's, it's, as you've said, you know, in the nature of the business, they can't disclose everything. But they certainly should be able to have a, an adult conversation with, with representatives of the, the main body of the range of support. I was kind of hoping the range of supporters trust thing would have some sort of vehicle like that would have been the, the conduit between the, the, the ground... The, 
of of the main support and you know what's going to happen in the what's happening in the boardroom. You know, and we're all on the same side. That's frustrating. So I don't see it being insurmountable. We just have to find a way. But to, to treat you at arm's length and then, you know, it's almost like they sneer at you. And sometimes I think they we're at arm's length and we're an inconvenience to the board. You know, oh, gosh, we've got the answer to them. You know, don't tell them anything. You know, there has to so change. That's my that, opinion. Uh, teachers don't know. Teddy Bear makes a um, a good point that he'd be happy with the board coming out and speaking to the fans at least twice a year. I, twice a year, like it all going well. Um, if it happens regularly every year with the AGM, I think that's a good start. How often should the board be coming out with these type of updates for you? Uh, it should be quarterly, but it should be at least quarterly. Oh. You know that they would give us an update of, you know, a gen and you know it would be broad brush stuff. You know, here's what here's issues that are you know that we're looking at. They don't have to spell it out in, in you know mind-boggling detail to us, but do you have us an indication of of where we're headed, what's important, uh, what what's what the future looks like, and how they feel about it? You know, it would be as, as broad brush as that. But to uh, to not say anything, and then when when Rangers fans you know do ask questions, it's it's almost like why are you asking that? You don't need to know that. I think that. They should be a be bit more. There should be a bit more of the kissing baby and you know and and and, and shaking hands with the Rangers support. There, there needs to be a, a wee bit more happy clappiness about it. Uh, he said something at one point. Um, I think he was maybe talking about the New Edmondson House, and he, he said it in a comment that New Edmondson House doesn't get you assist, blah blah blah, whatever. And he's saying, like, when you try and appease the fans, you, you, you can't do right for doing wrong. There's always something wrong. I didn't like that because it was, I don't know, if you like almost kind of playing the victim, but they didn't get them set. That This mess didn't happen overnight, this kind of lack of relationship between the fans and the board. Chick Sharp's calling out what they've kind of left. It was a really cohesive relationship. This didn't that's going to change overnight, and it's not going to change back overnight. It takes a lot of good work. So that's, again, I hope this is the start of the communication coming out, but it has to be consistent. Mason. Colin, I think that's a lack of, that's a symptom of the lack of communication. I mean, the Rangers fans, they've, they've no expectation. So the, the, we don't know what John Bennett and, and the rest of the board are thinking in terms of, you know, Edmondson House. What's the time scale? What's the budget? When can we, what Rangers fans would just love to know when are you going to cut the ribbon, John? See if he was even just to tell us that. I think that would, would solve quite a bit of the problems. But when, when there's that vacuum of information and then he provides some information, that's when it all it all looks uh, a wee bit shabby. Mason, um, a big soundbite coming out for that interview was John Bennett, amongst others, Ross Wilson, the manager, and Connor Rolson think this is uh, the strongest squad Rangers have had in a few years and the strongest squad since John Bennett's been back at the club. What did you make of that? Not, I don't want to, I don't want to be clickbait, so not just that um, sentence in isolation, but that segment of the interview. Um, it was a bit of a weird one because it was more or less because Connor, Connor said that that's been here a number of years and and, and that's sort of. Goldson's, um, you know, prediction that prediction of the squad, and yeah, it might well be in terms of you know. I think the squad has, has is definitely improved since Bennett's been here. I think I would 
not sure at the minute if we have improved massively from last season. I think I think that's the jury's still out there. I think in losing Bassi and Aribo, I can't sit here and say right now that we've we've gone and replaced and like for lack and which was going to be difficult. But I think, but in terms of what he said about Gio and um, Ross Wilson getting together and making decisions on player contracts. Um, I'm not sure about that one. I've got to be honest. Transfers, again, I'm not sure about, about that one. I think Ross Wilson holds the cards for, for both of them, to be honest. Uh, that's the way it looks. Again, I could be completely wrong. That's just, just my opinion on it. Um, and one thing I, I thought was really interesting on that little snippet about the players was what, where he said about Nathan Patterson and, and the pathway that we created for, for Nathan Patterson when Gerald was here in terms of the players that was in front of him were moved on probably because they wasn't good enough. Matt Polestar, sort of one, I can remember, playing right back. But in terms of that, he says that, but you've got, we give new contracts to Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis and Scott Arfield, who are all sort of on the wrong side of 30. You know, I think it's fair to say we all thought that all three would be would be leaving this, this, this summer. And you've got Charlie McCann, uh, McCrory and Alex Lowry. Um, so the pathway's not really been been there for them boys I would argue we've done the opposite by giving them them contracts so again I think that was a, a contradicting one and, and just just one just in case we don't touch on it Colin I want to touch on the, the the comment he made about the two unacceptable performances which he said quite a lot um, I think we've had more than two this season if I'm being completely honest I think the union away it wasn't mentioned I don't I, we won Saturday but I wouldn't say it was acceptable um, and I think there's been many games like that this season where Hibs was another one where we dropped points. I don't think that performance was acceptable. So I hope that there's not a, a, a sort of big uh, difference in opinion in terms of performances between the board and the supporters because I think we've all been pretty vocal and, and the support have been vocal on performances this season that, that haven't been good enough. And him just to pick out two um, I was leaves me a little bit worried. And the, the comment he made about a proper Rangers performance at home to Napoli Yes, we were better, but at the end of the day, we lost 3-0. So for me, that's not a, a proper Rangers performance. And that was another one, again, that I just thought, you, you're digging yourself a, a bit of a bigger hole here, uh, to be honest. And that's what I mean. And again, I'm I'm a real big fan of John Bennett. I think he does really speak well, but there was a lot of sound bites with this. Rangers standard, setting the bar, best in class. You say that time and time again through the interview, and it's almost um, as if he was thinking what we want here. Um Chris, on the Roy asked you a couple of questions on the on the squad and the transfers that he spoke about. So John Bennett said that this is arguably the best squad he's seen at Rangers, and that's been pretty much all rubbished by the fans um, over social media. I do have an element of sympathy with Bennett and what he was saying that. We can't judge these players in September. Um, there is, what, seven new signings. Quite a lot of them are signed for the duration of their contract. So he spoke about Yilmaz. He said, we, we paid five million euros for him. No for, no for six weeks, for for five years. Um, so he spoke about how many times as a fan and as a director, he's written players off too quickly. And we need to... And we can continue to do that. I think if we are being balanced, there is an element of truth in that. Of course. Um, definitely. Yilmaz is, I think he's been unfortunate because Barisic has probably been one of the better performers in the team so far this season. I'd say at least certainly, most recently, he's been a better performer. 
And the thing about the squad being the strongest it's been and stuff like that, it's just we find ourselves getting a position where we are having to rely on Scott Arfield, Steve Davis and Alan McGregor again, do you know what I mean? And I don't think, as Mason touched, we, we sold Daribo and Bassi, I don't think we've replaced their quality that I've seen so far. I think the first thing Gio should have done at the start of the season was bring in his own number one. And I don't, I don't it kind of worries me that We've not done that. Though I don't want to get on it, but McLaughlin's just he's not shown signs of being Rangers quality number one. Do you know what I mean? And surely this has been picked up in training. This can't just be new information. Do you know what I mean? All right, it's a backup, but with the signings as well, we've been very unlucky. We are Suter, Davies, and now Lawrence as well. We've been injured, so that's three signings straight away that have been injured. Tillman looked great. Then he had a poor couple of games, but. The poor couple of games were against Celtic and Ajax, where the host of the whole 11 had poor couple of games, so we'll not write him off. Do you know what I mean? And you look at last season, this time last season, everybody was like, well, why did we even sign John Lundstrom? And look how he ended the season. Do you know what I mean? I'm seeing a lot of kind of similarities from the start of the last season to the start of this season, you know? But again, <laughs> you, you were so impatient, aren't you? Aye, but we're the worst in the world at times then, but we, we're right some players off after the pass at times, um, we are. And Saturday, we won right, and it's great to get three points on the board, especially before International Weekend, and just then obviously with the result in Paisley on Sunday, bring it back to two points, but the, the frustration and just the, the whole game, you were just not enjoying it at all, do you know what I mean? Got the early goal, you've seen the reaction from the players at the Dundee United fans, and you're like, yeah, this is it, we're up for this, let's do it. Then it was just dire to watch. It just, and you you were saying to yourself in the last ten minutes, "Here we go. We know what's coming here now." Do you know what I mean? And we got away with it. But to, I, I would definitely not agree about the strong the squad being the strongest it's been there. No, and David, um, he, he touched on the player trading model. Um, so we spoke about the four pillars. Um, that sort of thing was um, commercial, European success. Um, squad development, um, all this kind of stuff that we've heard through the board since Dave Kane came in um, over the last few years. So we talk about the fourth pillar being the player trading model and how that is now firmly in play. <laughs> I don't think we can call it firmly in play after one decent season of it. So if you if you look, we've um, over the last years or so we've sold Nathan Patterson for around sixty million, Calvin Bassett for around twenty four. For six, all sold for a lot more than what we paid for them. So, say what, um, in, in fees alone, we're maybe talking like about a million pounds for those players. Um, we only signed Bassi and Aribo, and we sold it for the excess of 40 million pounds. That's brilliant in isolation, but I don't think after one year you can say that that's a, a well established model that we're working towards. Absolutely not. Absolutely not, because, well, you would have to say, who are, who are the prospects that we've uh, just brought in who you would say, I mean, all going well, this time next year we would be looking to move on for, you know, a healthy profit. Who in our current squad is is, is that player? Answers on a postcard. So uh, it's the, the, for him to say that the squad is the strongest ever, I mean, I would I would like to know how, we, how he's measuring that. Is it, is it just by the the transfer fees? Is it by the wage bill? Is it by results? 
So exactly what's the measure of, of the current squad to, to get to the the you know the the conclusion that this is the the best ever squad? I mean because I mean because Connor Goldson says it. You know that's that's insulting to the Rangers support to be honest. And and you know John John Bennett says it. Therefore it's true. You know and and we don't have an opinion. You know who all fifty thousand of us all roll up every week. I have a look at the team. You know, and he's got to tell us this is the best squad. I think, I think we'll judge that for ourselves, John. If that's okay, you know, no, no disrespect, but uh, you know, I think the, I mean, and you saw on Saturday, you know, when we got to the last ten minutes, as Chris has just identified, you know, uh, how many? Well, those that were left in the for the last ten minutes, because some people had already voted with their feet, you know, but with the best squad that we've ever had, we've had in recent years. So, I mean, I had, as I said in the pod, you know, on Sunday, had he popped an equaliser and that would have been, it would have been horrible. And it says something about the best ever squad that we've got, that we actually got a bigger lift from the result on Sunday than we did from the result on Saturday. That's, there's the real world, John. So, uh, if that's the best ever squad, you know, and, and, in his time at, at the club. So I wouldn't have been uh, brandishing that as uh, something to be uh, boastful of. Because the air squad, I mean, the, the, as, as things stand, you know, seven games in, you know, uh, you look at the, the, the weaknesses that we had last season in terms of converting the possession into goals. And we're now seven games in and we're just going through exactly the same scenario as last week. I think we've now got 14 goals behind them. Obviously, the freak result was the 9-0. But, you know, they outscored us week on, week in, week out. And uh, we identified, you know, we did, I mean, amongst us in the pods in the summer, that we need to convert more of the chances into goals. We need a right winger. We need, you know, strength up front. We've brought Cholak in, and the boy looks a scorer. We need uh, someone who's going to compete with Ryan Kent. So, how many centre halves do we actually need for the Scottish Premier League? You know, so we've got Ben Davis, we've got John Souter, we've now got Leon King coming through. So we're well covered in, in, in that respect. We let managed to let Katic go, whereas the the focus should have been on the other end of the pitch. You know, so the best squad ever is hasn't improved. You know, aren't getting the best results. That's my opinion. No. Going to take uh, some questions that have come into the comments. So, folks, uh, please continue to get questions in about anything in general. But um, there's been a couple submitted um, uh, in the comments tonight and beforehand on Twitter and stuff. Um, because I'm just conscious we were going to go in and talk about the 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 interviews about the Champions League money and how that's different. But it may it may be a tough listen listening to us for drone on about how um, the information we've been going on isn't quite right. So let's actually go back to the football. Mason, I'm going to stick here on the spot. So we're uh, back in league action at uh, Tigastle on the 1st of October, the next game. Yeah. So from then on in, providing both of them are fit, who's your goalkeeper? Alan McGregor or John McLaughlin and why? Oh, McGregor, McGregor, easy. I think, I think uh, it's a, it shouldn't even be a debate right now. I think, uh, I, I've said, I, I thought, I think there was a time where we, I think everyone on this podcast said that McLaughlin should start the season as number one. I think we, that was, that was a, the big feeling in, in the support. I think he's done that, um, and it just is it. I think, I think obviously the, the the old firm game does does 
you know, damage damage his reputation quite a bit. Because I think all four goals, to be honest, I think if you go through them, there's loads wrong with the goals defensively. But um, I think they're just, for, for a Rangers keeper, um, I've still yet to see John McLaughlin pull off that absolute top save that we see time and time from from Alan McGregor. And I know that the bar's higher. I know I know about McGregor not last season, but in years gone by, we've been spoiled and, and blessed with, and we was you know talking last night, Colin, about Stefan Kloss, and um, we've we've just been blessed with with top top goalkeepers. So um, the, the bar's higher, but the bar should always be higher at Rangers. And I just don't think John McLaughlin is a Rangers number one. And, and I said that in the summer, and I agree with with Chris what he said earlier. Gio should have brought in his own number one, but what we've got right now is it's got to be Alan McGregor. Does it worry you though, Mason, about what we've seen from McGregor last season, um, the consistency and? You know, it's the, the, the brain farts that he does have. Um, but between now and January, there's a lot of football to be played. Is that something that we need to be conscious of? Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. I say uh, McGregor's, you know, made a lot, lot of mistakes last season. I still, every time the ball goes in our box when he plays, you know, you, you're shitting yourself because he's not going to come for it. But in, in, in all honesty, John McLaughlin hasn't come for that much this season either. We've still conceded goals sort of where... I'm screaming for him to come out. So um, maybe we we did just make a little bit too too much of that last season in terms of balls in the box. We did we don't deal with balls in the box well enough as as a back four. I think that is the bigger issue that we've got. Um, and 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 McGregor McGregor and McLaughlin have got a lot of stick, but I think the you know the 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 back four we keep chopping and changing that and you know, playing Sands centre half. I think that experiments. Completely, completely got to go now. If Sands is going to play, got to play. It's going to going to have to be in midfield because I think we, we need to get uh, Teddy Bear just said it there. We need to get Ben Davis in. We need to get a, a left left sided centre off in, and um, that that game at Hearts, as you mentioned, is going to be a real, real. I think for for our next uh, block of fixtures, we'll know exactly where this Rangers team are because if we go there and, and Hearts are flying at the minute as well domestically. If we if we go there and and get and get a win, uh, we go top albeit it'll only be for a couple of hours, but it's still from where we've, you know, the results we've, we've, and performances we've had um, to only be two points behind and then have a chance to go top at a, a, a away venue. And, and you, uh, you know as well as me and, and you boys know as well as me, you get a good away win and it can just flip. You know, we start getting Tom Lawrence back, Lowry's back training. Uh, yeah, Davis comes back in, a couple of others are near fitness and the whole, the whole mood can change uh, before we go to Anfield. So, um, but yeah, I just went on a tangent then. But uh, but yeah, I think I think we can talk about goalkeepers. But but the back four is 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 more important for, um, for me at, at the moment. Leaves me a lovely on in my next question. This one's for you, Chris. So Pondo in the comments um, is asking about Yilmaz. Played in the Champions League. Why the delay in putting them into the SPFL? So we had the Yilmaz and Bonabarsic debate. How do, how do you see this panning out? A, who do you want to? be the left-back for Hearts and going forward. And if it is Bonabarisic, how do we bleed Yilmaz into the squad? Um, just now it's Barisic because, as I said previously, he's been one of the better players this season. Do you know what I mean? Some of his balls in the box have been absolutely beautiful. Back to the bottom of Barisic, we know. But then, without being too negative, we all know what's around the corner with Barisic. He's a very form player. That form can go out the window very, very quickly. And when, it, when he's down, he's he's down. So I think Yilmaz will get his chance. But the Hearts, again, Saturday, I'd play Barisic because, as I said, he's been playing well. But Yilmaz, we'll, I don't think we'll see him until the Dundee game in the Cup, which is kind of later on in the month. 
But you know, football's a funny game. It just takes one injury, one one knock, then he's back in, and, and then the place is his. But right now, the Baris, the shots is bad for Barisic for me, especially with the the important games coming up. Hearts again in Sunday, sorry, next Saturday. Then obviously the back to back with Liverpool as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, as Mason said as well about uh, an important away victory, and it's very true. You think back to Helicopter Sunday, we didn't start the league too too well and we were terrible away from home. And I remember we beat Aberdeen in the League Cup away 2 0, and after that, the season lifted. Do you know what I mean? And we were getting the results again, and I think that's what hopefully Tencastle will be for us because away performances have been far from great so far this season. And that's a really good point you made about Barisic. Um, we know he's just one shocker away from going down a ditch for a while. But the difference is um, we do have Yilmaz ready. So I think I think I made the point a few weeks ago, if you look back to last season when Barisic really dipped and when he was playing well, he was playing well when Calvin Bassett was challenging for left-back. When Bassett was playing centre-half, Barisic wasn't playing well at all. It sounds mentally sacred because he's not played that much, but Yilmaz is probably one of the most successful signings so far this season because he's, <laughs> he's pushed Barisic to get to their levels. It's true, mate, and, I, and that's, that's always the case, do you know what I mean? And um, You're right, last season Barisic, when he had competition, he was performing. <coughs> then, as soon as the position was his and that was it, then it was just went downhill. But we don't want Barisic to lose form, but I think the inevitable will happen. Either that, he will get injured. I don't know, but let's hear something before this incarnation they born off for a wee while longer because I do enjoy I do enjoy our creation who's up for it. Definitely, mate. And you see them on Saturday as well when Charlie McGrew had to go at uh, Young McCann. Barisic was right there. Do you know what I mean? And he's no stupid. He doesn't never get sent off for it, but he's right there defending the team and that's what you want to see as well. Do you know what I mean? You don't want, you don't want that clowns like Charlie McGrew pushing other players about, especially in our tough. Nah, absolutely. And again, Barris the only does that when he's he's feeling on form and when he's having yeah, a bad run against, he, he's nowhere near, he's halfway up the tunnel. Um bipolar border, but what can we say? Um David, uh, Chris touched on Charlie McCann there, so next question it is to you, based on him and the other young players, a few forecasts uh asking on on social media about how much game time is it realistic for these guys to get? So I kind of want to focus more on Charlie McCann because Alex Lowry is injured now and I think Leon Kynes gave himself a... He, he is a first-team player. Like he's not going to go back to the B team. He's one of our four or five centre-halves or whatever. No danger with that. Charlie McCann, he's been good in glimpses. I thought he had a really decent performance um, against Dundee United. Um, where do you see him? What, what is his role in the squad this year? Um, what position in midfield and how many games realistically? Well, you could see that he's his instinct is to go forward. You know, you see, once he turned, he did get caught a couple of times. You know, they were they were in and as uh, I think the first half a couple of times, but that's going to come with experience. You know, that this is we we. We're going to judge, you know, these players. Oh, oh, but it's going to be have to be over a period of time, you know, because we can't throw them in there. You know, oh, he's no five star, right? Get him out. It's just ain't going to work like that, as it didn't with Calvin Bassey nor John Lindstrom for that matter. 
So we're going to have to uh, persevere, but that's that's where Gio is going to have to do his job. You know, knowing when to put him in and then knowing when to hold him back. Do you know to bring this guy on? That's part of his job. So we're, we're kind of relying on the backroom staff and Gio to to manage that process to make sure that you know we encourage him, but he gets opportunity and and he he continues to develop because he will make mistakes. There's no doubt about that, but. You know, is and we had a wee taste of it on Saturday. You know that you know Ibrooks can be a unforgiving environment. You know for young players, so there's the, there's the danger that if if it's not sweetness and light, then you end up doing more good than um, more harm than good to the guys. You know, so and, and kind of only prolonging the, the the development process. So that has to be managed very carefully, and I'm sure Gio will be aware of that. One wee thing on on the I mean Borna Chris makes a, a good point there because Borna has been very good and he, he, it's just that those wee moments that he turns back when when he's below me in the club deck now snarling at him to, don't pass that back you but I mean he's the cross balls I mean he's assisting Saturday again for uh, the second goal Borna he's been the balls he delivers into the box absolutely lethal but if it takes us to sign a five year five five million euro player to sit on the bench to get born born up to fucking get the finger out his arse. We should have told him it was fifteen million euros. Shouldn't we? And get him to play even better. He'd be going for the Ballon d'Or, so he would. Yeah, if it's going to be that if that's the psychology here, say, oh Borna, this this guy's five million euros. No, he's twenty five million euros, Borna. Get your finger out. No. So the in terms of the trading model, I'm I'm looking at the team and I mean, this time last year, would any of us, you know, put money on Selvin Calvin Bassey for twenty something million? You know, w- would that have happened? But the opportunity presents itself. Now, you know, there's, people say there's no such thing as luck as when ability meets opportunity, and I think that's what happened with Gal- Calvin Bassey. So we're we're hoping that the that the ability is there, and and the opportunity presents itself, and it's grasped with both hands. That's but it, it, it's a uh, it's managing that process, then we're trusting Gio to do that for us. Because I think, you know, some of the young players we have, Lowry, I mean, just a crying shame, you know, what happened to him on that, uh, the game at Dumbarton. Because I think uh, Lowry, I was really looking forward to, to seeing that boy get in there and make a contribution. Because I think he would have been a, a direct replacement for Ramsey and in, in generating, you know, that he's got the Hollywood ball in him. And uh, the, the snippets that I saw of that boy, really exciting stuff, really exciting. But there's, there's, we have some other players, you know. So, uh, all, all well and good, all well and good. So, last thing we've got to cover, boys. Um, um, I'll come round the table to all you. Uh, it's kind of going back to that that boring boardroom stuff. Um, Stuart Robertson came out and done a, an interview again. We think it was with the Rangers Review, and not against Rangers Review. Um, like Josh Shabari and stuff, chatting journalists, and um, I think they do give quite a, a decent account of what they see. Um, quite fair and balanced. Um, but I don't like the idea again. This was behind a paywall, um, but the kind of content of it, Mason. Um, it's really about all this money that we were expecting for the Champions League is not what we're going to get. So is that a bit deflating, isn't it? Yeah, I couldn't believe I read that uh, yesterday. Um, I couldn't believe what what I was sort of reading about it in terms of 
I mean, if anyone hasn't hasn't read it, uh, I, I would really say yeah, to go and to go and have a look at it and, and read what Robertson said about the Champions League money. But yeah, I thought we was gonna. I think the biggest excitement of getting in the Champions League for me was was obviously the game to look forward to to the games. And as, as I said, um, not really looking forward to, to them games uh, right now uh, with, with the start we've had. But but I, I thought we would be able to go into the market and get one or two players that. Could completely change change our, our, our you know two two players as we've spoken about many a time that right winger and um, uh, centre midfielder um, that, that could just completely change the dynamics of this team. But sort of reading what Robertson said and he's and he's saying that we've you know it, apparently that UEFA have changed it and this wouldn't surprise me at all that, that have changed it. And so if you if you it's our first time in the Champions League in such a long time. Um, I think we're thirty first in, in the coefficient in it. So we we get sort of. Two million up front, where Real Madrid that are top that have been in it for the last twenty years get thirty six million, um, which nice. is just typical UEFA. It, it is just a joke. I mean, the, the, the biggest. I think again, it, you come back to it, and, and, and it just goes to show the level of achievement that we, we, not anyone else, we have got two teams in 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 the Champions League this season because of our run in Europe over the last four years. The, the Champions League now isn't made for. Uh, teams outside the top five leagues it's quite clear they don't want us in it um, so to actually get there and get through them qualifiers um, and, and get to you know a European final we've, we've, we've been on here and we've sorted the, the board and, and, and the players we, they, what they've done the last few years they, they do deserve a, a lot of credit but yeah hearing, hearing that from Robertson was, was I was like well I'd rather us be in, in terms of uh, confidence and, and, and supporter levels I'd rather see us in Europa League having a go at win the thing um, than 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 losing so so many um, you know games heavy defeats as well that we've had which which none of us want to see so yeah really surprised with with the comments from from Robertson um, in terms of the Champions League money. Chris, um, kind of back to a point I made earlier about transparency for the board. I do I do think there's an element of Stuart Robertson's being as in the truth here, and a lot of fans only really liking what the truth is. Um, I don't think there's too much wrong with what he said in terms of the Champions League money we need. Like, if we won this 30, 40 million that everybody seemed to think we were going to get, then we need to get into the last 16 the quarterfinals and stuff, but it's no guaranteed for just qualifying for the Champions League. Kind of what Mason's saying, that's the reality of it, but I think there has been a bit of a, a backlash for the fans towards Stuart Robertson. So I don't really know if that's the fans no liking what they're hearing or just unhappy the fact that this is us just hearing it now or is it a bit of both? It's definitely a bit of both, mate. Do you know what I mean? Because we were told how important it was to get back into the Champions League and that's where we needed to be. And mm-hmm. as touched on as well, obviously a lot of the money will come down to, obviously if you get a win and you get a draw in that. So obviously we're not going to get anything that way. Do you know what I mean? I think we've been a wee bit touch unfortunate with the a horrific group we've been given. But uh, it's just, again, it's just Rangers all over in it. <laughs> Anything good comes, it's always we get the negative of it. And I think maybe this is just the way of justifying the ridiculously high prices we charge. I'd be very shocked if there was anybody in the group stages that charged more than us, do you know what I mean? We must make at least some money from that. Aye, and that's um, kind of merging the two interviews together, Robertson's and... Um, Bennett's as well. This episode's titled "More Question Than Answers" because a lot of it is what 
a lot of the questions come from what wasn't they covered. Um, so we didn't really, they didn't touch at all on the pricing structure and how you need to, basically there's a couple of draws in um running right now to for the League Cup fixtures um, just, to, just to keep um, keep people able to afford it. Um, the prices are ridiculous. That wasn't covered at all and I think that was intentionally no covered. They're very good at doing that. Very good. Where it's a, what do you call it, papering over the cracks kind of thing. Aye. But um, they've, they had to have surely have justified that. For me, the, the prices of it was just ridiculous and it's not even justified. And you think of all the money we've come in with, so the 20 million for the Champions League, then you've got your Gerrard money, your Patterson money, Bassey, Aribo. Um, then they're kind of, you be told, well, it's not that much money, then you're like, what's happening? Do you know what I mean? I know. Um, on this interview, what they were talking about is free to read now on the Rangers review, but there was a very similar, very similar interview done with Kieran Maguire from the Price of Football with this is Ibrox. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all things fan media. So, if anybody's not watched that, it's about a half an hour video on this is Ibrox's YouTube page. Go on and look at that. Um, very good. Kieran Maguire is spot on. We kind of explaining the, the ends and outs say football figures and that and how it impacts clubs in particular. So if any of the listeners haven't watched that, have a look. But, Davey, um, with all this chat about the Champions League, isn't it quite the promised land is what we thought it was going to be? A lot of people are begging the question, was it worth getting back to it where we could have just went to the Europa League and had a right good run at winning the fucker? Um I'm a wee bit tongue-in-cheek here because also you do want to be pitting yourself against the best clubs in Europe, but that is a wee element of realism with people who ask that. Well, I think we're being managed here by uh, Stuart Robertson because if he's out to manage expectation, then he should have done that before we went into the Champions League qualifiers and laid it out to the Rangers fans. Communication, openness, transparency... You know, all the stuff that we spoke about earlier. Well, now, two games into the Champions League, the Rangers fans are decrying, you know, I'd, I'd rightly pointing out, see, why did we not invest some of the money, you know, by getting to the Champions League into the squad, which we maybe would have uh, got us better results when we got to the Champions League. But now we're two results into it, two defeats, two quite heavy defeats into it. And now Stuart wants to tell us, oh, by the way, there isn't that much money. The whole, well, why didn't you tell us that earlier, Stuart? You know, it would have been so much easier for you and us, you know, for, for you to make that known two months ago. It just, you know, we don't have the money. Well, then then just be transparent. Tell us, lay it down to us, you know, we're, we're simple country folk. Just give us broad brush numbers. This is what happens Champions League. This is what happens Europa League. This is what happens no European football. And uh, we can take it. We can, we'll, we'll take honesty any day. But they just seem to keep the, the information and they'll peel it off. They'll only ever broach a subject when it's become inconvenient for them, when they start to get it in the neck. So <clears throat> a lot of the they've brought on themselves on me, to be honest. So I, I just, they, they should be a, a more formal communication channel with the board and, and releasing of information. And in terms of the, <clears throat> 
the Champions League prices. I mean, because the, the three match package sold out. So you could argue, and if you were, you know, Bisgrove, you would certainly would be arguing, say, well, we're not charging enough. Because the minute that we sell 49,000 tickets rather than 50,000 tickets, we just keep raising the price until we don't sell the last ticket. And that, that's the point we, we, we call a halt to it. So that's that's commercialism. So I, I don't know how they, they work out prices, but <clears throat> certainly I know the three games is about 8 million quid, I think, we get from those three ties. So that's got to be a fair return for Rangers, surely. And just be honest with us. Tell us what are the numbers, Stuart? You know, we don't really need to see the books. We just need you to spell it out. What what can we reasonably expect from the board? That's it. They just don't want to be held accountable. They they, they, they don't do accountability. Don't you be asking me awkward questions? You know, I think that's what the, how they view us. Just just on the Bisgrove though, I just wanted we haven't we haven't come on a point that that Bennett made about Bisgrove and. He's been an, uh, a, a, I think, overriding uh, success. I think was was what he said about Bisgrove. But why? But that that thing we've got plastered over the uh, Broomland stand, that blue sticker, because we signed up with a a company that that ended up ended up going, you know, bust not long after, and it's on all the strips, uh, all the home away and, and the third strips at the bottom, and we've just stuck a. I don't know if you've seen the picture. It's just like a stuck out over the top of it. That that must cost the club absolute millions. So. Uh, the the point on on, on Bisgrove uh, for me I I don't buy that at all I think that's a, another thing that that was just just so amateur for for a club like ours. Yeah, My one word reply to uh, Bisgrove is Sydney. <laughs> that's how much he knows. That's what he knows about Rangers, Sydney. <laughs> and I guess I'm bringing in that point because. I, I think um, Sydney isn't even the lowest of the world that Bisgrove would go to um, get our cups of money. I mean, like our tops are like F1, um, F1 always. And I dare say, if you got away with it, you obviously better would be working street corners to get a wee bit more income as well. I don't know how far he'd take it. <laughs> Pretty far. Aye. I, I don't think there's a limit. They should have been shot after this, the Sydney Cup thing. How do you really feel? Don't hold back. <laughs> I mean, shot get, I mean, shot get rid of no shot as in gun to the head. <laughs> um, for any for any Rangers board ever think that was acceptable, it's just beyond reason. Yeah, you wonder who's who they're speaking to when they were making other conversation. You know, we've got this cracking idea. You, <laughs> wow. <laughs> we'll be stadium sharing next. I know. Uh, you wonder how many people were in that email chain who said, "Yeah, sounds like a good idea," and then it went. It's it's bizarre. It's um, know, how many how many annual leave get put in when the date was getting made public? <laughs> I I thought that the bizarre thing was that they sent him out, and I think he did a he did a wee thing with hat in hand, didn't he? Bisgrove he went out Aye. and mm-hmm. the immediate backlash and. and you know, doing they tried to do the double down thing. Oh, this is you know, come here. <laughs> Someone's got to take that guy aside and tell him the truth. You know, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, and the fact that um, I he came out and said, "Oh, 
quite disappointed and surprised at the reaction of the fans. As if we're, we're the wrong for no one to travel halfway across the world for the Celtic manager's homecoming. Fuck me, man. But do, do, do you know, just on that, though, it, the, the, the whole Sydney thing with Bisgrove, he, he's a businessman, so he's not a Rangers supporter. So for him, I don't, I don't, he should know better, but he's not one of us. So for him, he's just, he's just seeing three, four million pounds made from a friendly. But the actual board members that are all, you know, say they're all Rangers men, they should know better. So that Sydney one, to be honest, I'll, I, I, as bad as it is from Bisgrove, the board, you know, the people like John Bennett, Parks, they should have just said, you've got no chance of that. It should never have got to wh- where it got to with that. So that's the only point where I would cut Bisgrove probably a little bit of slack. The conversation should have been, we're considering this friendly. No, that was it. Ten seconds in the matter. No. I know. Right. Let's move on. You're signing a right winger. Easy. <laughs> but I think that's um, as good a time as any to leave, gents, um, because I think if we continue to talk about Sydney, then um, heart, the Hearts game will be kicking off by the time we've done this pod. Um, <laughs> that's what I'm watching there. Mark, um, a massive thank you to all the listeners. As always, it's really much appreciated. Um, really enjoy some of the comments that come through. Um, He's a wee smile and love your questions as well. Just a bit of a call to arms. We are also going to be back um, on Sunday and Thursday. Next Thursday, we will be um, reviewing or previewing the Hearts game in more detail. Sunday's kind of a free hit. The plan is to have a look at the season so far. Um, I'd imagine that can be a great listen for all of it. So we'll also be answering any questions. Um, Rangers related or not, just any you want to hear us talk about, you can either put it in the comments um, on the on the thread or on Twitter or on follow follow when I put the thread up. Any nonsense you want to send in, we'll chat through. Um, but on that note, speaking of nonsense, all I have to do is thank my three guests for tonight. First of all, Mason Shield, thanks very much for coming on, man. No, no, thanks again, Colin. Cheers, Chris, Davey, and uh, yeah, and everyone, everyone that's been listening and, and writing the comments. Some of them comments tonight have just had me in absolute stitches. By the way, I've uh, we didn't mention it. Somebody put in Colin and Mason K I S S I N G. I see that. I they put like two spaces in between every letter, so whatever. Folks, go, Chris. Go, Chris. Everyone and anyone. No, honestly. I'm, I'm glad I put myself on mute. I've been absolutely uh, in stitches, but uh, no, nah, brilliant. But uh, yeah, no, nah, thanks for having me on. Chris, good having you back on, mate, after a few weeks off. Uh, it's good to be back, mate. And um, as I said, it's good to sh- we don't need to worry about Rangers running the weekend this weekend. It's a free hit. Unless, they do another, unless, unless, unless there's another communication coming up. Uh, if we see um, an interview pending with Douglas Parks, I'm just turning my phone off. off. <laughs> And last but not least, David Falk, cheers for coming on, mate. I know worries, guys. Thank you for letting me on. So, uh, no, we'll look forward to it. We just uh, take some time to take stock over the international break. And uh, then we get right into it. There's no other way. We, we laugh and joke about it's a nice wee break, but by the time it gets to Saturday morning, I'll be itching for kick-off. I'm sure we all will as well. So, Nano, enjoy your weekend when it comes for. We'll be back with you on Sunday. Until then, we are the people.